Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. The prophets came The messengers came, they preached the truth, repent, turn, be made righteous, turn to the Lord, turn away from your sin, turn away from that lifestyle, come be made whole, come find righteousness and truth, and they rejected it until it was too late, until there was no cure, there was no remedy. That's scary, isn't it? These are the days that we're living in today. It says, just like it was in the days of Noah, but then he also says, like it was in the days of Lot. And immediately people think of the days of Sodom. Remember, Lot was a community member there in Sodom. And Sodom was judged with hailfire and brimstone raining down on Sodom. And the thing we think of with, we think of Sodom is we think of homosexuality as their sin, their grave sin for which they were judged. But do you realize the scripture actually tells us the condition of their heart? In Ezekiel chapter 16, it says this, Behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, there's one, had two, excessive food, there's two, three, they had prosperous ease, and four, they did not aid the poor or the needy. They were haughty and did an abomination before me, so I removed them when I saw it. So it's more than homosexuality that Sodom was judged for. There was pride, arrogance in their heart. You realize the scripture says in the end times that men will be lovers of pleasure and lovers of self rather than lovers of God. We look around the world today, we see it's just like it was in the days of Sodom and that haughtiness. What was the second thing there? That they had ease of food or they had plenty of food, right? The scripture says that in the end times that there will be men who will come whose God will be their bellies. They'll stop walking with Jesus because they're gratifying the lusts of the flesh to a certain degree. The third thing there is that they had an ease of life. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, the Lord warns his children and he says, listen to me. You be careful because when you enter into the promised land, you're going to start building for yourself houses. And you're going to have plenty of food and your flocks are going to multiply. And you're going to multiply silver and gold. You're going to become wealthy. And in that day when you become wealthy, you're going to forget that it was me who delivered you from bondage in Egypt and brought you into this land. And you're going to think, look at what I've done with my hands. And you're going to forget the Lord your God. And you're going to turn and start worshiping other gods, which is an abomination to me. We look around the world today and we have it pretty easy, don't we? And in our ease with our paneled houses, have we forgotten that it was the Lord who delivered us from sin? Have we forgotten that we needed him to come and to rescue us and redeem us? How can we become prideful and arrogant of heart? But this is what it will be in the end times. Men will be prideful. They'll be arrogant. They won't care for the poor or for the needy. They're going to be looking out for themselves and themselves alone. They're going to reject and mock the preachers of God's word, those true messengers of God's word. This is what it will be like in the end of times. And then Jesus says, I want you to understand the severity of the judgment that is coming. Not only the symptoms of what man will be like, but understand the severity of the judgment that is coming. He says this again. Let's recap just briefly. Look at verse 29. But on that day when Lot went out, Lot was delivered from Sodom. He was righteous before the fire and brimstone rained down on Sodom. He was delivered from Sodom. Fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. 
Like what happened in the days of Noah, like what happened in the judgment of the days of Sodom, that's what it will be like just before the Son of Man returns. Flood and fire and brimstone. I don't know if you've been following these things or not, and it's difficult for us to know exactly what Jesus means by fire and by sulfur, right? But I mean, we can maybe imagine it could be a meteor shower. And for a lot of Bible commentators, they think meteor shower right away. But sulfur, have you ever been to near the Salton Sea and you have those hot springs that are over there? It smells like sulfur, right? This could also be referring to volcanic activity. And I don't know if you guys are aware of what's happening in the world with the volcanoes right now, but there are 48 active volcanoes currently today. 48. Seven have become active just in the last year, and six more became active just the year before that in 2020. That's how much increased volcanic activity there's been happening today. Look at this picture. This is schematics of all of these volcanoes across the world that are active today, right? Look at these pictures from La Palma. Have you guys even heard of La Palma? Raise your hand if you've heard of La Palma. It's an island off of Africa where these volcanoes are, this volcano is erupting. Look at this island, okay? This is happening right now today. You can, you can go home today on YouTube and you can watch a live video of this volcano erupting. Look at how the island is almost being split here by the lava. Okay, go to the next one. Look at this. Tons and tons and tons of lava. Go to the next slide. Now, this is interesting to me. And, and again, this is maybe the conspiracy theory part of me coming out. But that picture on the left there, that's a schematic of where the seismic activity is happening on La Palma. Okay, you see how it's like in a perfect grid pattern? People are saying, like, is this, are they doing this on purpose? Are they causing this volcano to erupt? Why would this seismic activity be so perfectly spaced out? And I can't say for certain, right? But I do know that Jesus said, like it was in the days of Noah, in the days of Lot, that's what it will be like just before the Son of Man returns. So we need to look at what's happening in our world today and say, Jesus, could your return be that close? Look at the seismic activity for Yellowstone. Yellowstone is the largest volcano in the continental United States. Look at this. This is just last month in October. Yellowstone volcano rumbles with 267 earthquakes as fears of overdue eruption grow. Now, again, this is happening today. This is, these are the days that we are living in right now, today, all right? So it says that these things will happen before the coming of the Son of Man. All right, so will it be in that day. Noah's day was judged by water. Sodom was judged by fire. Look at this next model here. Bring up that next slide. This is what, if Yellowstone were to erupt, this is how much of the United States would be covered in ash. Now, it's interesting. I want you to go home and read this later on. Just for sake of time, we don't have time to read this whole thing, but go home and read Revelation 17 and 18. It's the fall of Babylon the Great. And the Bible scholars, some say, well, Babylon is a reference to Rome or Babylon is a reference to the world system, right? Or some people believe Babylon is a reference to a literal Babylon. Some people believe that Babylon is a reference to the United States. I don't know for certain what Babylon references. I have my own opinion, right? There's so many different ways. There's so much symbolism in the book of Revelation. But this is what I find interesting is that it says in the judgment of Babylon, the, the mystery Babylon in Revelation 18, right? That there will be ships that will be in the harbors watching Babylon be destroyed by fire, mourning because they have no one to sell their wares to any longer. And what do we have happening in our world today right now? 
We have these supply line issues. We have ships that are in harbor, ships that are waiting in ports to offload their goods. And if something were to happen like this and a volcano were to erupt and the whole place is wiped out and that there's no one to sell their wares to any longer, again, I'm just saying, I can't say for certain, but we have to read the news through the lens of scripture and it should cause our hearts to be ready. This is what it will be like in those days. Now look at this island in La Palma. What they're worried about is that if this thing really blows, that a whole shelf of the island will fall off into the Atlantic Ocean and it will cause a tsunami. You see this? One hour away, three hours away, six hours away. Within eight hours, it reaches the east coast of the United States. And the waters, look at that. Waves will be 130 to 160 feet, moving 650 miles per hour and will go in inland 12 and a half miles. Okay, again, like we have to have our hearts prepared and ready. What's interesting is in the book of Revelation, in what I'm telling you to read tonight, read how there is a great stone that is thrown into the ocean before that judgment takes place. Okay, we need to read the news and it should cause our hearts to be prepared and to be ready. And you know what? I could preach the same message next year if the Lord should tarry and it might be something completely different in the news. But that's okay. I want my heart to be looking for the return of Jesus. I'm not trying to set a date. I'm just trying to say God's returning and I want my heart to be ready and I want your hearts to be ready. We're living in the last days. Not only are we living in the last days, we're living in the last seconds of the last days. These things are going to happen. So look at this, read with me here, sulfur and fire, but look at verse 31. On that day, let the one who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down and to take them away. There's no time. And likewise, let the one who is in the field not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will keep it. You have no time when this judgment happens, when the world is judged through water, through flood and through fire, You won't have time. You're not gonna be able to go pack a go bag. None of that's going to, there won't be time for any of those things. You've got to be ready now for when judgment comes. Then he says, remember Lot's wife. Lot's wife was fleeing from Sodom with her husband and she looks longingly back over her shoulder at the city of Sodom being destroyed and the scripture says she's turned into a pillar of salt. Why? Because she wasn't willing to leave the old life behind. She looked back and she longed for the ways of Sodom and she was judged. When judgment comes, you can't look back at that old life. The old man needs to be dead. This is what it says in Romans chapter 6. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Is that old man really crucified with Christ? Have you let that old man die? He should stay in the past, shouldn't he? Don't let that man come back up. Don't be like Lot's wife and look back at the old way, the old man, the old life and long for that. Look at what it says here, verse 34. I tell you that in the night there will be two in one bed. One will be taken, another left. There will be two women grinding together. One will be taken, another left. And they, will, and they said to him, uh, where, Lord? And he said to them, where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. This is rapture talk. Two will be in the bed, one taken, another left behind. Two women will be working in a field. One will be taken, the other will be left behind. The word taken in the Greek is paralambano. It's the word that is used of Joseph taking Mary as his wife. It's the word that is used when Jesus says, 
where I'm going there, you may be also. I will take you unto myself in John chapter 14. It's the word that is used when Jesus took his disciples up to the Mount of Transfiguration. Paralambano. It means to take alongside of, to take with, to accompany with, and even to take as a wife. This is what the word means. So Jesus says, in those days when all of this destruction happens, when all of the judgment comes, there will be two people in one bed. One of them will be taken to me. The other left behind. The word left behind, it means to reject. It means to literally to divorce. I wonder which you would be if it were to happen today. Would you be taken as a part of the bride or would you be left to be destroyed in judgment? Because we have to be prepared. We have to be ready. I want to be a part of that rapture language, a part of that language of a marriage ceremony, not a part of the language of a divorce and being rejected and left behind. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 10. It says, so everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my father who is in heaven. But everyone or whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my father is in heaven. Another translation for deny there is reject. If you reject me before men, I will reject you before my father in heaven. I will leave you behind if you reject what I'm trying to do for you. If you reject my gift of salvation, if you reject what I'm doing and trying to purchase you as my own, the choice is yours. Will you be left behind or will you be taken paralambano in the rapture? This is what it will be like in the last days, Jesus says. And then he says, where the corpse is, there the vultures gather. Have you ever watched vultures just circling around an animal that's about to die? And they're just waiting for the animal to die before they come down and they begin to devour the flesh of that corpse. This is what Jesus says it will be like, that judgment will be circling, will be looming, waiting for the last breath of a dying culture before it happens. We're witnessing today those last breaths. Jesus wants us to know what's going to happen before this takes place. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn with me. Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. And this is the Olivet Discourse. You can find this also in in the book of Mark. You can find this also in Matthew chapter 24. You can read the same preaching, the same teachings of Jesus on the end times in those other gospels. But here in Luke's gospel, in Luke's version of this teaching, this is what he says, beginning in verse 8. Jesus is teaching about the end times. He says, see that you are not led astray. This sounds familiar, doesn't it? For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified. For these things must take place, but the end will not be at once. When you hear of wars. Okay, generation after generation after generation, it says, war, 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 war. Look, this could be the end. Look at this list of wars throughout our time. Now, Obviously, you're not going to be able to read that. This is more for shock and awe than anything. If you look at the top left, from 1300 to 1200 before Christ, okay, and look at how many more wars have been waged as time goes on. When you get into the 1800s and the 1900s and then 2000s, obviously, that's not complete yet. But look at how the wars have just multiplied. And some people say, well, that could be just we have better record keeping. That could be. But it doesn't negate the fact, look at all of those wars that are recorded in history. So when you hear of wars and tumults, that word tumult means rebellion. It means an uprising. When you hear of these things, you need to be paying attention. You need to know, but the end will not be at once. These wars will happen. These uprisings will happen. But the end is not quite yet. Verse 10, then Jesus said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. 
Now, that word nation is in Greek, it's ethnos, which can be translated ethnicity. When people groups will fight against people groups. Okay, now, it's not just nation against nation. It's people groups against people groups. This is what will be happening at the end of days. Now, I don't know if you realize this or not, but at our last elections, and this is not a political statement, but at its core, we had a choice as a nation between electing a nationalist and electing a globalist. Okay, there's a stark difference between the two. One is America first. The other is putting the world as a whole first. Again, I'm not saying what's right or wrong here today. I'm just saying that this was our choice. And as a people, we've chosen to elect a globalist. But in order for globalism to really take root throughout the world, right, first America, our nation, has to be destroyed. It has to be withered away from within. There has to be a weakening of our nation. Why do you think that these ethnic wars or these conflicts are being encouraged? It's because if we can lose our national identity, remember we started, and even on our dollar, look at this picture of the dollar. Every dollar that you have has this, and you can barely read it there. It says, e pluribus unum. Does anyone know what that means? Out of many, one. And America was supposed to be a melting pot of all of these different cultures and ethnicities and religions and races and peoples. Right? And so we're all supposed to come together, but at its core, we're all supposed to buy into the fact that we are Americans first and then all of these other identifications secondly. That's not what's happening today, right? And in order to weaken our nation for globalism to take place, these things are going to have to happen. Nation or people group against people group will be happening in the last days. This is what Jesus is saying. Now look at verse 11. It says there will be earthquakes, great earthquakes in various places, famines and pestilences, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. Now, again, we can't make this stuff up, right? Like this stuff is really happening in our world today. Look at this. This is from November 5th of all the earthquakes that were happening on November 5th throughout the world. How about famines? Have any of you guys realized or recognized that things are getting more expensive when you go get to go to the grocery store, Right. Look at this schematic right here. Look at this article. This was from Fox News just a couple days ago. Consumer prices surged by the most in 31 years. From October to October, prices in the grocery store and goods in general across America rose 6.2%. The most that they've risen in over 31 years. Okay? You go to the grocery store and there are things that you can't buy because they're out of. Do you ever remember a time going to the grocery store? I can't really. Right? Going to the grocery store and there being empty shelves. I mean, there were always full shelves. But not today. Right? Look at this schematic and see how prices have risen. Over there off to the side, you can see graphics. This is just tracking grocery goods or how much groceries cost. So you can see juice is up, eggs are up, turkey or chicken is up, bacon is up, a loaf of bread is up. It's all up. It's all going up. That's the way that this is climbing. Now, in our world today, you cannot make this stuff up. In our world today, there was mass panic that was inflicted when the Chinese officials told their people, as they do every year, hey, go stock up on non-perishable goods just in case. Look at this article. Mask mania ensued when the Chinese officials did this, and the people went and they flooded the stores, and they basically they bought everything out at this word, right? This is the world that we're living in today. I was reading an article where Mark Cuban was asked what the common person should invest in today. And he says, you know what, I think that the best thing for the common person, you know, common people like you and me, don't have millions of dollars in the bank account. The best thing that we can do with our money, he said in this article, was to buy non-perishable goods because we're going to make more by buying things and storing them because inflation is coming. 
We'll make more by buying and storing than we will by investing in the markets. This is a billionaire who says the common person shouldn't worry about the stock market or retirement accounts. You should just buy beans and rice and toilet paper. This is what he's saying. And store it, right? Because that inflation number is going to be so great that you're not going to be able to track with that. Your investments will not keep track with inflation. This is what he's inferring, right? These things are happening in our world today. How about this? Look at this article from the Butterball Turkey Guy. There's Mr. Butterball himself. He says that you need to go out and buy your turkeys early this year because there's going to be a supply chain issue. We're seeing these things happen in our world today, that there will be famines, and this is just the beginning. Jesus said it's going to happen. I hope that you're ready, prepared for this. I don't know when the rapture will take place. I don't know how much of this will happen before we're gone and before we're in the presence of the Lord, right? But we're inching our way that direction. Look at that next word, it's pestilence. The word means a contagious disease, a plague, but it also means something that troubles or a public menace. We think about these COVID shutdowns and all that these things have done and how it's wrecked havoc on our economy and on our lives and people's lives have been hurt and destroyed, ripped apart because of the loss of life and just the loss of the way we used to live. It's horrific, this public menace. Realize this, that the world governments are preparing for far worse. Look at this article. This is Bill Gates. He encourages governments to participate in germ wars to prepare for the next pandemic. Just like they have war games, he says that world governments should be doing the same thing when it comes to germ warfare, that we should be preparing germ warfare so that we can combat the next pandemic that comes, that this isn't the end of it. Look at this, in Israel, this is what they're doing in Israel. In Israel, they actually, this last week, they participated in this on Veterans Day. Israel to hold COVID-19 war games on Thursday. If you read it there, a national exercise, and what do they call it? They call it the Omega exercise. Omega is the last letter in the Greek alphabet. When Jesus says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, I'm the beginning and the end, literally they're calling these exercises in Israel the end exercise. The exercise for the end. This is happening in our world today. We need to be prepared for this. Now, let me tell you, I want you to write this down, and I want you to go home and read this as well, just for sake of time. Revelation chapter 6. This is where the riders of the apocalypse are unleashed. Jesus opens the seals in the book of Revelation, and with each of the first four seals, there's another rider that is released. The seal is broken, and the first rider comes forth, and he's on a white horse, and he has a bow in his hand. The third seal is broken, and a black horse comes out, and he has a scale in his hands. The rider has a scale in his hands, and that scale is basically symbolic of measuring. And it says there that when this rider is released, that it's gonna take a day's wages for a working man to buy one loaf of bread. Read it. This is what it's going to be like. That first rider is released and most Bible commentators believe that the first rider is the Antichrist and that he has a bow in his hand. And for years, people taught that bow meant he's gonna bring war with him. But I found this, I looked this up in the Greek and the word bow, when you translate that to Greek is the word toxin. T-O-X-O-N. Why would the translators translate the word toxin from Greek to bow in the English? And this is why. Look at this. This is the word of the year from 2018. Oxford's word for the year is toxic. Now, read this with me. The Oxford Dictionary's word of the year is toxic. The British publisher defines the adjective toxic as poisonous. The word first appeared in the English in the 1650s. It came from the Latin word for toxicus, meaning poisoned. The Latin word itself came from the Greek word toxin, meaning bow, 
in ancient Greece, fighters with bows would put poison on the points of their arrows. Now, again, am I saying that a vaccine is the mark of the beast? I am not saying that. What I'm saying is that the Bible says when that first seal is broken, that a rider will come forth, we believe to be the Antichrist, and he's going to come bringing with him a toxin. Okay, and I'm not saying that this vaccine is that toxin, right? But these things will be happening in the last days. And we need to make sure that we're watchful and that we're prepared and that we're ready. Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivorg website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivorg or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.